Too Many Comics, episode 162. Brooks, tell me about uh, the third time that we will be discussing this on the show, Funko Serial. Uh, the original note I had is that it does not exist. I have tried and tried and tried. I went to another GameStop today, actually. Nothing. Never even heard of it. Funkos. Is it on Amazon? I tried that as well. Nice try, Buster. Keep spelling. Um, no, it's not. It, especially not Prime. I mean, I, I want to say I saw it once. It was like $60 or something like this. But uh, Here's a few that are Prime I'm seeing. Are you serious? Which one? There's a bunch of the, there's there's definitely a bunch that are like third party sellers. Yeah, I don't want uh, that. There's a thirty dollar prime for Cuphead Mugman. Cuphead Mugman. That is, that is expensive for a pair. Forty dollar prime for it. Thirty dollar prime for Gollum. Twenty seven eighty two prime for Mega Man. Which is why it does not exist. That's why. Yeah. So clearly they're limited run and people are. Gaga over it. Yeah, selling them for 40 bucks for a box of cereal and a That's little Funko. It's so, so dumb. Not even a full-size one. Yeah, so. basically you're paying for a box and a tiny Funko. And some sugar water. Mm-hmm. So that annoys me. Well, on, what are you going to do? I, well, I have tried is the thing. I went to the GameStop in – I almost said America. In New York, I went to the one – New York is in America. Yes, it certainly is. I also went to the one in Hoboken, New Jersey where I also happen to America. live. And I also went to a few comic book stores about it. Nothing. Hmm. That was in the I was at the Midtown Comics uh, Midtown uh, uh, East location on Friday. Nothing. Nothing. I'm sick of this. Someday we will eat some, but, but we will not be paying forty dollars for it. No, I would scarcely pay twelve. Okay, that might that's be that might be that might be a made up word, but yeah. still, that would be the point. most expensive cereal I've ever purchased. God. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know. That, that's just thought. Me, look, it's Labor Day. I need some good news. Yeah. So we do have some follow-up from Ryan. Uh, we, you know, like to check in to make sure that he continues listening. His only follow-up was that we, we talked about Lock and Key a few times. I started reading it. It's got the TV show coming out. Yes. Um, he just wanted to say that he never did read it either. He does remember when it came out. And I think and he said, I think the writer is Stephen King's son. And he is correct. So. That, that, that's it? Yeah. So Stephen King's son. I feel like I, I knew that, but forgot it. So Joe right. Hill, Stephen King's son, the horror writing family of the Kings slash Hills. <laughs> <laughs> the horror writing family. That's yeah. good. Right. A family that writes horror together stays together. This is I, true. I, I think. See, I wouldn't know. So one of the things that we've talked too many times about is the saying. whole James Gunn stuff. Yes. It so Dave Batista has been popping off the mouth. I don't know if you've been following any of I his stories have. or not. I have. Yes. So he's done a ton of interviews recently. I only have one story here, but I know he's got this interview that talked about how James Gunn's firing could affect Avengers four. Cause Gunn was, you know, a, a part of the process, how, how much we'll probably never know, but you know, a part of the process of where that story was going to go. Obviously the guardians were going to play a big role in that story. And you know, the next phase of the MCU, um, he also said something about, guardians being on a definite hiatus uh he was going on and on about potentially not even appearing in the third film you know he's really upset he's got a lot of stuff going for some reason people were getting on him about mentioning his role in avengers 4 and saying that that spoiled the fact that all these people were going to come back clearly these people are coming back like well <laughs> who was being spoiled by that i don't know but i did see did you see also like he was like i'm not worried about getting fired 
even though he's been popping off big time. Yeah. This is another story. But I don't even know. I think at this point, I almost feel like because people are so chapped about this whole thing, they're just like, just cancel the movie. I don't give a shit. I'm tired. Please don't. I, mean, I don't want them to. But you have to, again, remember, remember, Alan, <laughs> that uh, James Gunn, director, storyteller extraordinaire, also scriptwriter, out of the picture. What are we going to get? Yep. It could be very different. I have to assume there's a lot of creative people out there, though, that would love to take on that responsibility. Uh, so hopefully they could find someone. Although there's also probably a lot of people that wouldn't take the job on principle alone of wanting to stand by someone like Gunn. So it's quite the interesting situation. Uh, I still think we will learn something sooner rather than later. They've got Captain Marvel build up that should be happening very soon. Obviously, all the Avengers 4 stuff. And then, you know, Mar- Marvel slash Disney doesn't want to stop making money. So. You know, they're going to have to make some quick decisions. Did you know, by the way, that the actress that plays Mantis is Canadian? Uh, I did not. She's Canadian. I know. That's just a little fact to what I just wanted to drop here. I I, I find her attractive, and I fell into a Wikipedia hole about her. All right, interesting. I know. So, she's Canadian. DC Universe announces the launch date for Titans live action series and their streaming service. So, the DC Universe streaming... Subscription service announced Titans live action series will debut in the platform on October 12th. And then the service itself will be launching on September 15th, which also happens to be Batman day. What is that? What? Batman day. I don't know. Apparently they celebrate Batman on September 15th. Uh, Who is they? Your local comic book shop in America. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's fun. Um, You know, I'm... I wasn't quite uh, interested in the trailer they did for this. I am interested to see what they sort of do with the other shows that they teased, uh, more specifically Doom Patrol, which I had enjoyed reading recently. Um, You know, I think they could get me to pay for this service if they provide a lot of things. So if you've got a few TV shows, if you've got a back catalog of, you know, random Batman cartoons, um, if you provide some sort of back catalog of, of reading... Uh, and you and you, I don't want to pay a monthly fee. So if you let me pay yearly for all that for like seventy bucks or something, I'd be it'd be more enticing. So we'll see what they do. But I mean, what? Okay, so you said TV shows, but like what? We got one, one TV show. Well, they announced what, like five or six of them. Just just the Titans is the first one. What else we got? Well, Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol, I, Titans. I, there was some other other like, crap. I'm forgetting off the top. top uh, okay, I think you could screw up Doom Patrol pretty good. Uh, in a platform like this. Yeah. I'm sorry to be so negative. I'm sorry. I'm not even working today. Why am I being so negative? Oh, my God. Sorry, guys. Right. Sorry. Well, let's get on to some books. Okay, so debut review. Scarlet number one from Brian Michael Bendis, Alex Maleev. This is a character that had been around long ago, um, and we'll, we could probably touch on this a little bit when we talk about the debut review for next week as well, but Bendis, since getting over to DC... Uh, appears hellbent on putting out a new book every single week. Yes, I was going to say so, yes. Yeah, and without getting into you know the nitty-gritty of, of this character, I mentioned last week I knew absolutely nothing of this character. I hadn't read anything before. Um, I still haven't read anything before, although I did go through um, you know Wikipedia about Bendis and read some of, read some of what I, some old reviews and things I could find of Scarlet, and they do they did do a nice little. Um, paragraph recap of who she is and and what exactly is happening. Um, All that is to say that if I had a history with this character, I imagine I'd be a lot more excited for this or or having read it, but 
you know, as a new reader, not really being heavily involved with Scarlet and what is actually going on in this world. Um, it, it seemed like any other book to me. Uh, and I hate to say that cause you know, Bendis is such a, such a good writer. Um, and there's a lot of his side stuff that I have read in the past and enjoyed. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it just, it seems like any regular book that would come out of image that, you know, I might read and, you know, I'm not really invested in Scarlet after this first issue yeah. or what exactly is happening. I mean, it, it looks like it's, I mean, it looks like a cool book and, you know, I imagine, like I said, if you have read Scarlet before or been invested in this, you're probably pumped that it's back and Bendis clearly has a newfound love of pumping out these these side projects, which he, you know, delays quite a bit in the past. So I'd be interested to see how much he keeps up with these. You're right, though. He really is pumping these books out big time. This is, yeah, definitely. He must have been uh, sitting on these for quite a while, like planning his escape from Marvel. I guess. Well, you know, you know, Scarlet was uh, on Icon Comics, which is an imprint of Marvel's. So how he managed to get that back is another question. Must have been in the contract. But, you know, it was all right. So I feel like we got shockingly dystopian future. Yep. And uh, Scarlet is leading the rebellions, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I, I guess I'm not sure what the crux of the of the problem is. Uh, there seems to be issues galore. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, and I just think that it was okay. It, I mean, it was well done. I mean, Brian yeah, Michael is sure. a great writer. The art was good, but given the the crowdedness uh, of the market when it comes to there being too many comics, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, too many dystopian is, futures. Th- yes. Can't we get it right? <laughs> I mean, look, every time somebody asks me, like, if you could live in one era, what would it be? I'm always like, now. I don't want to give up <laughs> a single. <laughs> I don't want to give up any luxuries. Sorry. Deodorant. Technology. In that order. Yeah. Air conditioning. Doing, doing pretty well. Uh, you know, I, who knows what the future holds, really, but I, I don't want to give up anything. The point The point is, it was it was Okay. It was just fine. And I, I, I'm somewhat uh, curious that he's not been able to nail one yet out of there over at DC. Well, he's got plenty of opportunities coming up. And, uh, you know, we'll, I guess we can sort of dovetail into that. I mean, to give this a score, I mean, it, it's, for me, it's like a C plus, B minus. I mean, it's, it's put, it's, listen, it's probably a great comic if you're into this character and follow Bendis' side stuff. It's just, a, you know, the story seems to be one that, has obviously been done before. It's just not for me. I'm sorry about that. Okay, so what would you say between this and Pearl, which is another book of his from the other week? Um, I probably liked Pearl better than this one. And that being, you know, I I know I knocked on it because it was, the art was, it made me seem like it was too much Jessica Jones, but I did I do dig that art more in Pearl than, than this in Scarlet. So it was okay. more, of a, more pleasing to look at. And then the the story, you know, comparing the two stories, I think, Pearl was probably a little more interesting than this one. All right. Well, I I feel you with a B minus. Okay. So there you go. All right. Well, the reviewers feel us well as well because it's got a 6.9 critic and a 6.7 user rating. I feel like that's because it's Brian Michael Bendis. That's what I think. Okay. So. People hating. <laughs> well, I mean, you set the bar as high as, 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 as he does. I mean, you're just setting yourself up for ridicule. Yeah. And for next week, we've got two books that we're going to do. So to stay on the Bendis front, he has two more books coming out next week. We're only going to read one. I'm just going to make mention of the other one so that any Bendis fans that are still listening to the show after all that <laughs> are, can be reminded that United States versus Murder, Inc. number one also comes out next week. 
Um, I did read, I think the whole first trade of, um, what this is building off of. And I forget what it was called. It was like United States of, of murder. Maybe, maybe uh, yeah. he did that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I think this is the creators that he did powers with, if I remember correctly and Takio, um, yeah, I remember being not, not terrible. So, I mean, this could pick up from somewhere and be fine, I suppose. So if you are a super Bendis fan, you should probably be picking that up. We, on the other hand, will just <laughs> we will just be reading uh, cover number one from Brian Michael Bendis, and this is, hang on, years in the making from the award-winning team of Brian Michael Bendis and multimedia sensation David Mack comes a brand new graphic novel experience. It's an all kind of based on a true story, sort of. Deep in the American intelligence community, someone realizes that comic book creators who travel all over the world to sell their wares might make the perfect cover for operatives in the dangerous topsy-turvy world of intelligence and counterintelligence. And that's when all hell breaks loose. This is the story of the time, the world of comics, and the world of international spy work smashed together with unexpected results. Artist David Mack follows his Emmy-nominated work on Jessica Jones and his critically acclaimed video work for Dashboard Confessional and Amanda Palmer brings another completely unique vision to this driving comedic spy story that is also a beautiful valentine to all those creators who sit alone and make beautiful stories. Sounds exciting. Yeah, so it's interesting. Okay. Do I have uh, to do this other one? Yeah. In addition, we will also uh, read Bully Wars number one, which you can take okay. away. All right. So I Hate Fairyland and Deadpool writer Scotty Young and artist Aaron Connolly, who's done things like Sabretooth, Swordsman, Rocket Raccoon, and Groot, uh, team up for a hilarious all-new, all-ages, ongoing series. Rufus, the biggest bully in Rottenville since kindergarten, suddenly goes from bully to bullied on the first day of high school. He's forced to make a shaky pack with his favorite geeks, Spencer and his uh, twin sibling besties, Edith and Ernie. Together, they'll have to find a way to survive the Hunger Games like contest known as the Bully Wars. <laughs> Where the winner will rule the school. Okay. All right. I remember reading That's this right. in uh, Image Plus, like the first five or six pages. And then that thing went belly up. So, <laughs> so that could be, I mean, obviously that's going to be uh, all ages, clearly. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they basically said it in the thing, but that could be okay. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, we're going for it. Better, it. it better be hilarious. Yeah, because Bendis, if he swings and misses again, this could be a tough week. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you get to this week? All right. Uh, so let me pull some stuff up here. Um, so I read uh, the – crap. I'm just going to wing it here. All right. So – I read Extermination number two, which is the big X-Men event. Uh, it's it's going to be, I think, essentially the send-off of the original five X-Men that came back in like 2012, I want to say. They've been hanging around for a while, way okay. longer than we thought. This was done by Brian Michael Bennis originally, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so this is doing its thing. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg could be the writer of this or Ed Brisson. I'm not sure which. I think, <laughs> Ed, I, I think Ed Brisson. One of them, too. Kelly Thompson, maybe? <laughs> like, <laughs> they write everything. Um, I did um, Jessica Jones, number two, which, again, this is Kelly Thompson. Great read. You did read this, right? Yes. So this is We're, this is the thing that comes out 40 pages at a time. So technically it's like issue three and four of a six-part series if you want to go by yes. standard issue numbering. Yeah, yes, I read it. What'd you think? It's it's much like I've described a lot of Kelly Thompson stuff recently. It's fun. It's it's the same Jessica Jones banter. Kelly Thompson was the perfect person to pick this up. I'm still loving the new format that they're doing. They've got a crazy cast of characters, you know, coming through. It's, you know, it's reminiscent of original Jessica Jones type stuff with the 
you know, sort of a, a new flair that, that we grew accustomed to from, um, you know, her Hawkeye stuff recently. So big fan of this. And we discussed this previously where there is a scene where she's fighting on the shore of the Hudson River. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I questioned if they were in New, New York or New Jersey. I got it wrong, but Kelly Thompson did respond to me and said they were fighting on the shores of New York overlooking Jersey City, near where I live. So that it gives it a whole new layer uh, for me. Well, I'm glad it hits home. Right, well, it kind of did. Uh, I read Ultra. Now, this is a graphic novel that is available for free from Comixology Unlimited by uh, Jonathan and Joshua Luna, who did things like Alex and Ada, The Sword, Girls, many, 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 many more. I like this team. I swear to God, every time they, something comes out, first of all, I've always like, I never heard of this, but then I read it and I enjoy it. So uh, I recommend you do the same. This is sort of a... Uh, it's like female superheroes living in the modern times and there's some elements of just them like having personal lives, but also them being like celebrities cause they're superheroes and that's what it's about. I'm Give it downloading it right now. Sweet. I hope it came you out do in 2011. So I never heard of it. Had you? No. And that's and we, surprising cause we've, we have read and enjoyed a lot of their stuff. So uh, we were reading at that time. So figure it out. Interesting. And then uh, Runaways number 12. Now, this is somewhat, I don't say controversial, but it's um, it's noteworthy because there's been a coupling of sorts happening. It's, it's been years in the making. I'm not sure how I feel about it, though, is the thing. So we got Carolina and Nico, Nico. Are, are having a tryst. Mm-hmm. And I'm dropping SAT words on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but Tryst is I, to, can you give me, a, what is that, an analogy? Affair. Okay. Trist as to affair as you know. Um, so this is hot on the heels of Carolina and her girlfriend breaking up a, a book or two ago. Yes. And this is a callback to years ago when Carolina made a move on Nico, and Nico apparently was not ready for it. She was not. I just don't know. It just feels – I don't know, man. It feels just a little cheap to me. But I'm is sorry. she ready for it now? Well, she made the first move this time around. But, you know, she could just be caught up in the moment, perhaps. Perhaps she's not really ready. I assume it's not going to be like a one-issue thing. She was ready, and boom, they're a couple now. Um, well, she's she invited her in. Yeah, well, okay, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Someone crashed the party, though, too. So. She was a little drunk. What? Yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and also, there was also another coupling in this book. Gert and uh, Victor. Victor. A little interesting. Yeah. So kissing up on a robot while time traveling and he's just ahead. <laughs> this book is I crazy. Know. I still love this book. It's um, good. You know, the, these characters can go so many different ways with their teenage relationships and, you know, having sort of no influence whatsoever thus far in, in this book. In the past, they would have, you know, cloak and dagger with them or someone checking in on them. So, so far through 12 issues, it's basically just been them by themselves trying to figure things out. And uh, I, I feel like I'm still waiting for the headline for comic book resources that says this book is ending at like 16 or something. Yeah, sounds all right. Yeah, and I don't want that to come. So, you know, hopefully people are still enjoying it. I see a lot on Twitter about it every time that it comes out of, of people there talking about the book. I do, yeah. And maybe I'm just you, following the same friends. Maybe I'm just following the same people that read Runaways. Um, I don't know, but there's a few. I will start retweeting them. The next time it happens, but yeah. Okay, that's something. Yeah, and uh, that's all I got too. Were those were Jessica Jones and Runaways? Uh, I am traveling this week, so I've got 
you know, I just downloaded this ultra. I've got a bunch of other stuff in the queue. So, uh, next week I should be fully loaded cause I've got two California flights, which take okay. a long time. Yeah, they do. You, you fly into a San, San Francisco, San that, Diego, San, San Fran. And I'm gonna try to hit up a comic shop out there too. Okay. See what uh, the deal I, is. I, I, I will say that I got last week the call from the Jacksonville comic shop that I should come on in. <sighs> Things were getting backed up. I went and there were four books there. Two paper well, I mean, girls, one saga, and one Adventures of the Super Sons. I mean, come on. So I picked those up. I did have I did have <laughs> the goose the goose plush waiting on me, which okay, I really right. didn't need to buy at all. But I am now the owner of uh, a big. I've got sitting back here. How big is it? <laughs> it's the, it's it's like a, you know, decently sized. It, it would be like a stuffed animal that you'd give a kid. Like eight inches tall. E- easily, inches tall? yeah, probably between eight to twelve. Okay, so like it, it could it could be a pillow. Uh, a travel pillow. Okay. <laughs> just, gotta, just try to break this down. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. Listen, I, I'm glad that you. How much you spend on that? Forty bucks? Thirty bucks? Uh, I don't remember, but I also had my punch card filled up, which when they then they take fifteen dollars off the order. So four books and goose. My total was like twenty eight bucks. I got you. So. Oh, speaking of crap that people don't need. So I told you I have a friend that works at the NHL. Yes, this is mm-hmm. how I got you a. Uh, penguins christmas ornament yes yes in in july mm-hmm. um so my other buddy is a big fan of the caps we've discussed this numerous times right i went and watched football in the city on saturday thus was able to connect with my friend and i got a sack full of caps gear it'll it can choke a horse and i have nothing to do with it gross i don't even know what i mean it's for real i wish you and i were closer friends by way of geo because i could hook you up left and right with gear and you're welcome. Okay. Well, any black and gold stuff that comes your way, I'm your man. I mean, first of all, you already are, buddy. But also, <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, it is like, because, uh, like, I couldn't be a smaller hockey fan. Right. That's not true. I mean, baseball for me is the most boring. Hockey, I enjoy. I just, I grew up in Florida. There's just no reason. I realize we have hockey there, too, but it's just, it's not part of the culture. Well, listen, if you uh, want to be a fan of the team that has won five of the last 27 Stanley cups instead of one of forever. <laughs> you're more than welcome to pop over. It's such an asshole. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm glad you're on my side though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, would never, you. You, would never, you wouldn't use it against me. Would you, your yeah. assholeness? Thank nah, you. Whatever. Thank you. Um, anyway, so let's moving on. Uh, but yes, I have a lot of caps gear. Is okay. All, I'm All, right. All right. Well, a couple of stories for this week. So Nick Spencer is currently writing Amazing Spider-Man, which which neither one of us reads. No. Um, but Amazing Spider-Man number six will see Steve Lieber join the previously solicited Umberto, Umberto Ramos, Ramos on the comic, reuniting the Eisner Award-winning superior foes of Spider-Man team of Lieber and Nick Spencer. So this issue, number six, is apparently going to have Lieber bringing the old superior foes back into the issue somehow. And this makes me want to pick up the issue and read it. Really? I mean, I was a big fan of that book. I wouldn't, you know, I'd like to see the gang, <laughs> the gang together, see what's happening here. Okay. Weren't we not a fan of that book? Not really. Superior Fuzz of Spider-Man? I thought we uh, talked about it on the show and you enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I did like it. I did. I, but I felt like it, it did its thing and I'm, I've moved on. Okay. Well, but but I, I did like it, actually. I did, I did. All right. Well, 
they're going to be popping up. I'll probably wait for the reviews to see how involved they are and then maybe purchase it. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, there's this big story from probably comic book resources uh, that I saved to uh, to run through, figure some things out. So there's 20 MCU deleted or unused scenes that would have changed everything. Did you see this or have a chance to read it? I skimmed it. I'm curious that you that you did because I thought you were blocking these things. Um, see, they keep they're blocked by title and they keep switching up said titles. So I think I have like the top eight things blocked and top six. So I need to go and add in basically every number. <laughs> this is by keyword that you're doing this. Yeah, you're blocking this. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they got a lot of things on here that I assume were probably, you know, I picture the gang in a big boardroom thinking about these decisions and, and what to do. So there's things like, um, Hulk smashes cap out of the ice. Um, whiplash falls at the hands of war machine. Uh, the grandmaster comes to earth, all these things that did not happen, but you know, vision fights the Avengers. How different would that have made the characters, um, the last one they have on here is Captain Marvel as a new Avenger. So I guess there was talk that Captain Marvel was supposed to be introduced in the final scene of Avengers Age of Ultron when Scarlet Witch, Falcon, War Machine, and Vision are all together. Um, okay. So she was meant to be a surprise addition, and her start in Phase 2 uh, would have greatly altered the plans of Phase 3, and there's no telling what Civil War and Avengers 3 would have looked like with someone as powerful as Captain Marvel in the MCU. So this stuff is just all, you know, as invested as we are in the 20 some movies of the MCU just to look through small things like this, you know, little decisions they could have made that would have changed entire things. And, you know, some spots where you think they may have gone wrong or, or what they did. One of these is the guardians team up with Howard, the duck. So I guess that was, you know, we just saw him in an after credit scene and one version of the script of the film, Peter was supposed to seek out Howard, the duck during an intergalactic poker game. The scene would have been Mm. brief, but the character would have actually served a story purpose beyond that cameo something that could have led to more appearances down the road. So just uh, small things like that. I love that kind of stuff. Okay. So because I visited the site as we were discussing this, there is another article that they've put out about silent comics. If you can name two that they noted as being more recent, just wonderfully done masterclass silent books, I'll give you $5. But so like books as a whole or just like single issues? Ish issues. Okay, there's the the Batman and Robin after Robin after Damian's death. Ding 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 ding. Okay. Um Come on now. Which was a fucking great issue. I know. Um God, silent issues. Yes. Come on. Once once I tell you you're going to hate yourself. Uh Is there one in Barrier? No. Um, Hawkeye 11. Oh, yeah. Damn. I told you. Yeah, Thanks those so. are two uh, fantastic issues of comics. Uh, so, I but, gee, I mean, in, in, in general, the Hawkeye book to me was like, God, this was so well done. Yeah, I got to get the hardcover of that. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You know, I have Hawkeye number one, which I stalked on eBay thanks to you. Um, I now never regret buying that. Never. I don't care if the market, you know, waxes or wanes. I, I'm, I'm proud to have that issue, as well as Vision number one. Yeah. When I went to the comic shop, they had a Saga number three, which I assume was first print, first edition. Uh, yeah. It was like on their little shelf for 40 bucks, just issue number three. Okay. I'm like, hey, I got that. And every other Saga. There you go. You got them all in print? Yeah. Man, you should leave this for your 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 
I'm struggling for a better word than kid. Your progeny. <laughs> that's gonna send, this is send, gonna put you through college. Send that kid to college. That's this right. True. All right. Well, quick little Alana or Caro. <laughs> Right in that trip to the wheel saw off. All right, man. Good to talk to you. Happy Labor Day. This wasn't this wasn't work at all, to be honest with you. This is great. This is great. Fun, fun times. I've been reading too many comics.